let's start the show. It's a Pickle Power Podcast show. Let's go to the show. All right. Welcome back to the Pickle Pirate Podcast, the only podcast that is more disappointing than J.K. Rowling after writing the books. Like, for real, how come they they cut Johnny Depp out of this movie and all he did was poop on his ex-girlfriend's bed? Like, who hasn't pooped on their ex-girlfriend's bed? Or I guess it's his wife. Whatever. Some court case. He also allegedly beat her up, but I think they proved in court that that was bullshit. The only... Th- I I don't know. I haven't really read too much into that drama. I think he just took a shit in his, his wife's bed. Whatever. Like, he's fucking Captain Jack Sparrow. He's allowed one dookie a year, I think. But, like, J.K. Rowling is out in the UK tweeting at her local... Congressmen? I think they still have congressmen and senators in the UK. No, they're they're something else, right? It's like the Whigs and the whatever. And she's trying to like take away like trans transgender homies' lives, like their like their ability to own property and like buy houses and get married and stuff. Like what's actually more detrimental here? JK Rowling trying to impede on somebody's basic human rights? Or Johnny Depp taking a steamy shit in his ex-wife's bed. I don't know. We'll get into uh, this abomination of a Harry Potter movie later in the show. Before we get to podcast proper, let's roll the ad. Alright, so on today's show, I'm going to talk about some TV shows I've been watching since I'm unemployed. And I can cruise through everything. Um, we'll talk about this, the Harry Potter movie. And I think I have a new segment for the podcast. Underrated people in Hollywood. We're going to try it out, see how it goes. Uh, yeah, but let's start off with TV shows. So first up, this is an adorable TV show written by Tika Waititi. We talked about it, me and Dr. Deej, when they announced it. And I, I did not know what the show was going to be about. It was just Tika Waititi was making a pirate show. Turns out that show is adorable. It's uh, it's like, uh, what's it called? Our flag means death. It's, it's not like laugh out loud funny. It's like Ted Lasso, which Ted Lasso is also very good. But it's, it's, it's not like you're not going to like roll on the floor laughing. It, you just like feel good. You just feel really good watching the show and you root for all these pirates and you want all of them to be happy and to find happiness. That's like a lot of what the show is about. Um, So it follows, it's based on a true story too. So there's this guy, it's called the gentleman, gentleman pirate. Um, It's Steve, Steve, Steed. It's not Steve, but it's really close to Steve. They call them the gentleman pirate. And basically, uh, he just said, like, fuck this. Um, I'm going to become a pirate. Pirates are making a lot of money. He came from a wealthy family, bought a pirate boat, and uh, tried to become a pirate. So the show took that, and uh, they kind of spun it into, like, this guy trying to find, like, purpose in his life or, like, find happiness. He's miserable in this, like, arranged marriage. So he becomes a pirate. He's a fucking awful pirate. Um... And he runs into Blackbeard, who's a really good pirate, who's played by Tika Waititi. 
And uh, like, so Blackbeard obviously is a big fucking epic badass. And the gentleman pirate uh, softens him, I guess. I don't know. They become best friends and you just, you want to be, you want them to be the bestest of best friends. It's adorable. Highly recommend the show. Also, Tico Itini just looks badass in that leather jacket they have him wear with like the wig and the beard. Like I'd fall in love with him too. Spoiler alert. He, he looks like a fucking badass. Yeah, that's what happens in the show. They fall in love. It's adorable. Loved it. Check that out. It's on HBO Match Max. I think it got renewed for a second season too. So there's um oh yeah. So this is the one I, I watched last week. I watched it in two days. It's so fucking good. I just could not stop watching it. Um, and how I found out about it, so Damon Lindelof, he was a writer on Lost, and he did he was like the showrunner for The Watchmen, the the HBO TV show. So he's pretty good at his job. He he won a Peabody for screenwriting. So that's pretty cool. So I follow him on Instagram. And he sent out this thing about the season finale, about how he loved the show. And he put like the lost numbers in the background. 4, 8, 15, 16. In the background with uh, um, shit, the guy from Parks and Rec. Um, but yeah, so because he tweeted out that it was a good show, I was like, oh, damn, this must be a good show. So I watched the whole thing in two days. It's a really good show. It's, it's a lot to do with the Matrix and also kind of like what I'm going through in my personal life. That's probably why I bonded to it so much because I quit my job because I couldn't handle fucking corporate bullshit. So the whole point of Severance, it's this tech company um, that used to be a pharmaceutical company. It's like this 200-year-old company in this fake universe and they come up with this procedure where they put this thing in your brain. So... You don't, like when you go into work, you ride the elevator up and then you become like a different version of yourself. So like they're, like you don't remember anything before you got there. And you, like, so there's one person, one version of you is like stuck at work 40 hours a week. And then the other version of you is like free to do whatever you want on nights and weekends. And so it goes through like both sides of the spectrum. And I don't, I don't want to spoil anything about this show, but it's great. There's a lot of red and blue colors from Matrix, red pill, red pill, blue pill. And so they like don't know what they're doing. It's it's a whole it's a whole puzzle box thing. It's amazing. It's a really good show. And the twist on the season finale, I did not see coming. And I'm very excited for the rest of these shows. So it's um Ben Stiller is um the showrunner. And then it's written by this guy I've never heard of. I think it's like the first like big thing he's done. It's like Dan Erickson, I think is his name. But um, yeah, fantastic show. And I was totally against Apple, like Apple TV when it started. But everything I've watched on Apple TV is, is really good. I think I just hated... I don't know why I hate Apple. I have an Apple phone. I have an Apple laptop. I have stocks in Apple. But whenever, I don't know, I just hate Apple. And then I like realize I'm a fan of Apple. 
like when they announced Apple TV, I was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Like, how can a tech company make content? But everything I've watched on Apple TV is really good. Ted Lasso, uh, The Newsroom, Severance. I'm watching We Work or We Crashed. The it's got Jared Leto, and I I hate Jared Leto, but it's it's really good about the We Work guy. But yeah, Severance is really good on Apple TV. Um, dude, I'm trying to remember the fucking Park and Rex guy's name. Adam Scott. There we go. Adam Scott plays the main character, and it's really depressing. Because basically the reason they all sign up to do the severance thing is because they had like some big trauma in their life. And that's why, because they don't want to think about, like, I don't want to, I don't know if I'll spoil the whole show here. Fuck it. Yeah. It's, it's only like up until episode three or four. But yeah, basically his name's Mark in the show. Adam Scott, though, the main character. He, um... Used to be a school teacher, but he lost his wife in a car accident, and it was pretty. He's pretty upset by it, so he decides to like he doesn't want to deal with himself for forty hours a week. So that's why he gets severanced. And then there's this whole thing going on inside the the with the work people because they don't know what they are on the outside, and they're trying to figure out who they are on the outside. And the outside people are trying to figure out what's going on on the inside. And yeah. It's all green like the Matrix. There's a lot of Matrix vibes plugging in and out. And I don't know. There's like when they're on the inside, there's all this weird fucking corporate culture videos and cult. It's almost, it's basically a fucking cult on the inside. I don't know. That's how I felt my last job with fucking Marriott. It's they got like, I don't know. It's a fucking cult. They got Mormon Bibles in the rooms. Anyways. I want to talk about my real life. I severance that shit on my podcast. <laughs> Disconnect. But yeah. So basically since like Lost, I've, I've just been addicted to like these puzzle box shows. Like I'm, I think Lost was like the first really big one where you're trying to figure out what's going on the whole time. Kind of like Game of Thrones, but it wasn't as much as, you are more just like who's, who's Jon Snow's mom and, How's it going to end? But it wasn't like a big mystery the way Lost was. And then I kind of thought like Raised by Wolves was going to be a good show like that. The first season was great. Second season, not so much. But uh, Severance, though, it's got potential. I hope it doesn't let me down going forward. Seems like it's got a lot. A lot of, a lot of weird shit going on with the, the Lumen cult. Anyways, yeah, Raised by Wolves. So, season one was great. Season two is just a clusterfuck. It's, it's, um, it's an anime. I have been watching a lot of anime recently, and that probably swayed my whole opinion of this, but this show is, uh, is a bad anime. It's, it definitely steals, like, a lot of stuff from, like, like, old school, like, 90s, like, Ghost in the Shell, um akira and like those ones like just the whole cinematography or not i don't know the whole tone i guess that does costume design and stuff for the second season like there's an alien it's a little alien girl and yeah she gets stuck in the cult but the cult hates technology and her mom like replicated her daughter into the robot and at some like 
she fucks up and leads kids to the cult and this whole thing and just her whole character arc where she ends up with her face ripped off and she's I don't know just just reminds me of like fucking Ghost in the Shell or some weird ass shit like that from and one of the kids gets turned into a fucking aquatic tentacle fucking I was like god damn it it is an anime as soon as I saw a tentacle I was like this motherfucker this is some hentai not that that's in like my search history but I don't know the, the second season was nuts and then it ends with the cult leader fucking so he didn't have magic powers because he swallowed fucking mother's eyeballs but then he spits up mother's eyeballs mother gets her eyeballs back so he didn't have powers the whole time but then they crucify him on this weird tree that the snake ate to die it's definitely an anime if that made any sense it's like me trying to explain attack on titan show makes no sense that's why i love it makes no fucking sense it's completely bonkers i love it but it's bad it's real bad but i love it Now there's grandmother, there's mother, grandmother, raised by wolves. I don't know if that's a review so much. Um, to recap the TV show section of the podcast, our flag means death, adorable. Makes you feel so good about yourself. And like it just makes, makes you want to hug people. Just like Ted Lasso. You're just rooting for this little, these bunch of idiots. Just want to give them all hugs. Um... Severance, fucking amazing. Love it. It's the Matrix in the workplace. Love it. Big fan. Raised by Wolves, really bad. But I'm also a big fan. I just like movies. I just, I just like TV shows. Okay. Should we talk about Harry Potter? Okay, so this one's not called Harry Potter at all. Let's start there. It takes place in the wizarding world, but I think it's called Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Bum, 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 is the official title of this Harry Potter movie. So back to last week's rant, too. It is 49% is the critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Audience score is 85. This movie, I think, is like a 17%. And I, I, think, I think Americans are just stupid. I think it's a fact we should all just come to agree with. I like movies, but I don't like them that much to give them an 85 for no reason. Okay, so... This movie starts off with uh, uh, Dumbledore and Mads Mikkelsen replacing uh, Johnny Depp for no reason, just because the guy had to take a shit. As uh, as uh, Gwendolyn, so they're meeting in a diner and explain that he has this charm that they made when they were little boys and they were in love at Hogwarts. Another controversial thing, like they had to cut that whole scene out in China. Because you can't be gay in China. Not allowed. Um, so they had to cut that in China, if that matters. I don't see, like, I don't I don't get why J.K. Rowling 
like wanted to make her main character gay, but she's so against transgender homies. I don't know. I don't know how her brain works. Anyways, so yeah, they have this like love charm that they have and they're not allowed to attack each other because of the charm or they'll die, whatever. And then they go into a very depressing opening. Basically, they it's a magical Bambi. There's this deer that uh, has, has, has a baby out in the woods and fucking Eddie Redmayne's there somehow because he knows this baby's coming. So this magical deer gives birth, and then Dark Wizards just immediately fucking. Have you seen those TikToks where they do that? It's funny. Um, yeah, they kill kill the mom deer. Eddie Redmayne runs off with the baby deer, trying to save it, and then eventually they like they jump in the water and he loses it, and the bad guys take the baby deer. Eddie Med Redmayne walks back to the mom deer and she pushes out another one so there's two baby deers but it's really sad because the mom's still dead and like there's just these adorable little babies and no mom I don't want any red mane as my mom that'd be awful but then yeah you know they do the whole title role thing Harry Potter and the Fantastic Beast before he was born and Dumbledore has a secret part three Negative three, right? Well, I don't, they were gonna, I don't know. Depends if they make any more negative numbers. Okay, so yeah, then it cuts to the muggle guy in his bakery, and they do this whole weird thing. To, it's to set up the ending, but they don't do the ending. We'll get into it. So this, this wizard outside pretends to get attacked. The baker guy comes out. Like, I'm going to defend you with my pots and pans. And then it's like, ha ha, I got you. This was just a trick to get you outside. Like, why don't you just go inside? Because literally after she says, ha ha, this is a trick, he walks away and slams the door. And she just appears inside the bakery. Like, why, why, did, you, why did you do this? This literally makes no sense. She's like, oh, I knew you were a stand-up guy. and you, You're a pure heart or whatever. and That's why we need you for this mission. So then they, they get the band back together. All these fantastic, fantastic beast people. They, they meet on a train and Dumbledore gives them all different tasks. But the, So like the baby deer can see into the future. And Grindelwald's using the deer to look into the future. So they got to keep him guessing because he can see the future. So he gives everybody a different task. But nobody can know what the other person's task is. And they go to Germany and do their tasks. So shenanigans ensue here in the second act when they all try to complete their tasks separately. They all fail. It doesn't progress the story whatsoever. The whole second act of this movie can literally be removed and you can just go from like train scene to third act. Because he gives them all their tasks. It doesn't change anything. Grindelwald's still running to be elected as the next minister of magic. They try to stop that from happening. They all fail. There's a crab dance thing, which is stupid. Then they meet with Dumbledore again. And he's like, oh, that didn't work. So now we're just going to try to like, he brought his deer back from the dead and 
we're going to replace the zombie deer that's under a trance with the with the real deal that Eddie Redmayne got. We could have just done that from the beginning. Like you can cut the whole second act out of this movie and go from one to three. <sighs> Gotta throw in a big crab for some reason though. It's like Wild Wild West where that producer wanted a spider fight. Needed to get a crab dance in there. So yeah, we go to the third act. And so this, I guess this is how they pick wizards in the past, but the Ministry of Magic, it, it's like there's one ruling wizard guy in the past, but there isn't anymore. Maybe the World War II wizards is why they they split them up. Anyways, so there's two wizards that were running to be the leader of the wizarding world. And then when uh, Grindelwald gets like fucking pardoned of his bullshits and he runs in as the third so they're voting some fucking Buddhist temple, the top of the Himalayas, I think. And this deer is supposed to pick the winner because they were voting, but now they're not going to vote. They're going to have the deer pick. I don't know. It didn't make any sense. Anyways, the zombie deer picks Grindelwald. And then Eddie Redmayne comes out like, that's a fake one. This is the real deal. And they pull the real deer out of his suitcase to pick the winner. Grindelwald loses his shit. He goes to he uh, goes to kill fucking the other douchebag that's in this movie, uh, the Flash. What's his name? He kills the Flash, but Dumbledore steps in the middle, protects him, and that's what breaks the charm somehow. So the charm breaks. And you're like, oh, sweet, like fucking Grindelwald and Dumbledore can actually have like a real fight now. But they like, I don't know, they have a fight, but it's in like the mirror world or some other fucking wizard dimension. So it's just the two of them like in their brains fighting and it's really lame and it should have been epic. They let the deer pick again and then the deer kneels in front of Dumbledore and Dumbledore's like, oh, no, you can't pick me. Like, why would you pick me? I don't want this responsibility. And, like, I mean, I think they set it up as, like, the rule that whoever the deer knelt in front was supposed to be the... But, no, nope, guess it doesn't work. So, this is the part where somebody, some producer or somebody at Warner Brothers, I'm assuming, I don't know, somebody must have stepped in and was like, no, nah, we can't do that. Because the deer just picks one of the other two douchebags running, and it's, like, not a big deal. But they set it up at the beginning of the movie, and they hint about it at the beginning of the third act that the muggle guy, the baker, Kowalski or whatever, is this guy that's, like, super pure of heart, and, like, that's who the deer would pick. So, like, they set it up that he's supposed to kneel in front of the muggle, which would make more sense. Kneels in front of the muggle, all the wizards... Ooh. So yeah, the other part of this movie is it's, it makes fun of Trump a lot and nationalism and all that stuff and against muggles, not Mexicans, muggles. <laughs> uh, for some reason, a Mexican wizard's funny to me. But um, yeah, I mean, they must have, yeah, like Aztecs, Aztec wizards. That's not funny. That's badass now. Anyways. I've digressed. 
but yeah, the whole movie's about nationalism and fuck muggles and they're bringing we are more powerful than them. Like, you know, basic Trump racism stuff. And uh, so, yeah, if the deer knelt in front of the muggle, like that would have made all the wizards lose their shit that were there that were like, fuck muggles, fuck muggles. And that's what would have started the war. And then they could have had this epic fucking wizard battle at the end where like the fucking racist Nazi wizards against like not so racist wizards fucking fighting in the Himalayas and Dumbledore and fucking Mads Mikkelsen fucking doing a real fight, not an imaginary mirror fight. I don't know. Maybe they just didn't want to like pay for the CGI that would cost. Would have been a much better ending, I think. And I think that's what they were planning on doing. But I, I don't know. Somebody changed that at the end. They had to because it's teed up. And I don't know. J.K. Rowling is uh, the executive producer and she was the screenwriter. There's two people. I forget what the other one was, but she's credited as the screenwriter. So I think, I don't I think that's what she was doing or whoever wrote it first. It's, so I think she's, it's like story by screenplay and executive producer. That's what I read in the credits. I don't know. This movie's a dumpster fire though. It doesn't make any sense. I think maybe it's just Warner Brothers. I think Warner Brothers has like too many producers not enough like it seems like the same thing happens to all the dc movies like they have like 18 different people with their hands in the pot trying to like fucking sort through a movie seems like that same thing happened here like i'm assuming i could be completely wrong jk rowling had it set up where the fucking muggle was gonna get picked and that's what causes the world war ii wizards to fucking break out but somebody was like nah that's dumb i don't know I don't know. Definitely not an 85, though. Yeah. Well, that's Harry Potter 12, right? Well, they did 8, and then... Oh, so this would be 11. Harry Potter 11, the prequel minus 3. So it uh, was the lowest opening weekend for a Harry Potter movie. I mean, they'll probably blame it on COVID, but even before the movie came out, the execs were talking about uh, how they had two planned, but they'd wait to see how this one did to decide if they were going to make any more. And I think it's, I think somebody just bought Warner Brothers. I think some rich guy bought Warner Brothers out. Because they were talking about redoing the whole DCEU again, because they don't think Superman's been used to his fullest potential. I might have just made that up too. Let's Google it. I don't know. There's so much potential in these movies. It's what's it's like fucking Edgelord. Fucking like, oh, so close to having an epic fight between Dumbledore and his gay lover with like all this fucking setup through like the passion that could be in that fight. And then it's just like me. Here's a couple little, me, I'll dodge, I'll dodge, I'll stun you. Oh, just kidding, that never even happened. It just was in our heads and the election's still going on right here in front of all these people and we didn't even really fight. And like, even like the end of the last one, the second one, I don't know, like with Johnny Depp, there was the, they could have had a fucking big fight scene at the end and I don't know, you hate to see it. I don't know what I was talking about. Nobody got bought out by anybody. Um, I did Google DC though, and um, interesting fact. So it's the second biggest publisher of all books after Viz Media, 
and Marvel is third. So if you don't know who Viz Media is, that's uh that does like all the anime. It it was like one of the first companies that took manga from Japan, obviously, and translated it into English and sold it in the in America. And so yeah, like manga is uh manga is like the only thing selling books right now. Cause that's that's all book sales. Like that I would imagine that includes like Penguin and like all those all the like literature book publishers, like fucking like real books. So the top three publishers are comic books. But I guess that makes sense. Cause if you count like individual comic books each each week they sell out. Hmm. But I don't know. That's interesting. Who knew Viz Media was such a big big deal? I remember when we had to watch anime in a closet and we couldn't tell our friends that we watched anime, now it's everywhere. Like, fucking saw it at PacSun. Saw it at PacSun. That was like what the cool kids wore when I was in high school. I am an old fucking man. Anime's at PacSun. Fucking Jujutsu Kaisen isn't even that good of an anime. Okay. Let's get into the last section of the show. Since there's a billion like bearded white guys that are overweight, like myself, with a podcast that bitches about comic book movies, I'm trying to do something just a little bit different with a new segment here on the podcast called Underrated People in Hollywood. So, if you don't know, now you know. Jeff Loeb is a badass. So Jeff Loeb started out as a screenwriter in the 80s, and he hit it big with Teen Wolf, the Michael J. Fox movie, and then he also did Commando, which I think has Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. Yeah, yeah. So he hit it big with those two movies right out of the gate. And uh, he's just he just kept killing it ever since. So after he hit it big with those, he actually went backwards into comics. That's why this guy is a badass. So he goes back into comics after and starts writing some of the most legendary comic books of fucking all time. So he starts writing Batman, where he wrote my favorite Batman book of all time, The Long Halloween, which I thought the Batman with uh, Robert Patterson was going to be based on. It's a, it take the first, it's about Batman takes a year and, uh, yeah, he, it's with Tim Sale and it's the first time Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale, uh, team up, uh, Tim Sale's the artist and they work together for like 10 years. I think after this, they write fucking all kinds of books. So yeah, they do Batman, the long Halloween, which yeah, takes place. There's a murder on Halloween and then there's a murder like on Thanksgiving and it keeps being a murder on every big holiday and Batman's trying to figure it out and it's got the car it's got every different villain in it like each month like a different villain you think is the one doing it it's it's fucking it's really good it's a quick read you should get it if you have never read it it's a great time and then he did uh Dark Victory right after that which is kind of a follow up to The Long Halloween um also really good he did um, Superman for All Seasons. I actually have not read that one, but that one is fucking 
I bet it's amazing because Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale are great. And Catwoman went in Rome. Dude, how have I not read this one either? But um, so after he writes that for DC, he switches over to Marvel. And like, he, yeah, Daredevil, Yellow, Spider-Man Blue are both fucking amazing. Uh, Hulk Gray. And it's him and Tim Sale again. Like, they stay together for a long time, fucking writing these books. Um, and then after that, he, like, goes back into TV where he, I think he was, like, a showrunner for Heroes for a little bit. He worked on Lost as a screenwriter, too. And he kind of bounces around between comic books and TVs, like, working on, he worked on Smallville for a little bit, too. Um, so he's basically doing like the superhero TV thing for a while, bouncing back and forth, writing comic books, running like like Smallville. I mean, Heroes is basically a comic book TV show, and Lost is too, to some degree. Um, but yeah, he's just a badass, running all these shows. And then, um, so the, the real reason, like, he's a badass. So when Netflix took over, like, the, they started the whole defenders arc on netflix he ran like all those shows which is fucking sweet like the first season of daredevil fucking luke cage the punisher like the way greg verlanti um does all those cw shows like jeff Loeb was the head of marvel television for all those netflix runs so he oversaw all those defender shows that are fucking epic except for iron fist but all the good ones, too. He, he must have slacked off a little bit on Iron Fist. He was on vacation or something. But he did all those ones. And he was, yeah, he was the head of Marvel TV until um, they lost the rights. And, like, they went back to Disney. And now I think all those shows are available on Disney+. Plus. And I think they've been working him into some of, like, I, th I don't know if he was worked on Moon Knight at all. Hmm. But he's just, he's fucking awesome. And I don't think enough people talk about him because he's, he's written some of my favorite comic books. He's written some of the, like, the best TV. Like that first season of Daredevil is epic. So if you don't know about Jeff Loeb, you should look him up. You've probably watched a bunch of his stuff, read some of his books. And he's written so many comic books. Um, hold on here. So in television, we'll just go down Seven Little Monsters, Buffy the Animated Series, Smallville, Lost, Heroes. Oh, and then he does like some animated stuff like Thor and Loki, Blood Brothers, Iron Man, The Avengers, The Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Because there's a bunch of cartoon stuff. And then, yeah, he, he starts doing fucking daredevil jessica jones marvel's most wanted agents of shield luke cage the defenders the punisher legion which is a fucking amazing show i didn't know he did that one too because that one was on fx not on like netflix with the rest of them but oh he did cloak and dagger too that one that was on hulu for a little bit i never watched but should oh and he did he did modok so he's still there. He must have been finishing out those deals before Disney took back the rights. I wonder if Kevin Feige is going to bring him back in too, to work on these Disney Plus shows. 
if they keep them going since they since they put them back on Disney Plus. I mean, Jeff Loeb is a legend of the game, and he is great at comic books and television. And if you don't know, now you know a little bit about Jeff Loeb. I don't know if I really taught you anything about Jeff Loeb. Um, I think he's Swedish. Nope. He's American. He was, he's, uh, he's raised in a Jewish family in Stamford, Connecticut. He began collecting comic books this summer, 1970. His stepfather was vice president at a university. Jeff met one of his mentors and greatest influences in comic book writing, Elliot Magnin. At oh, he went to Columbia. Dude, another writer that goes to Columbia. Surprise. He graduated. I don't know why I keep doing it in a Jewish voice. That's pretty racist. Anyways, this is what the Pickle Pirate Podcast is bringing to the table. Uh, hope you enjoyed the show. I'll be back probably next Tuesday. Um, so I think they're doing another version of Hamlet. Or is it Macbeth? Hamlet? Macbeth? I don't know my Shakespeare, clearly. Uh, but the Northman? 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 is coming out this week. I'm going to check that out. Looks fucking fantastic. Uh, very excited. It's by the guy that did The Lighthouse. Um, he, what other? Oh, and The Witch, which are both really good movies. You should check those out because they're both pretty creepy. Like a weird... They're not like jump scary creepy. They're just like the tone is like impending doom the whole time. Uh, so I'm excited to see this movie because it's about fucking like Vikings. Like it's, uh, it's about a boy whose dad's the king. His uncle comes in, kills the king. And, uh, you know, Macbeth. I think it's Macbeth. Or is it Hamlet? The Lion King. You guys remember the Lion King from 1992 where uh, Simba, the lion, uh, it's based on Simba. It's actually based on the Lion King. Why am I trying to make Shakespeare? Fuck that. It's based on the Lion King. They better have just as many bangers in this movie as they did in that. And that's a bad joke. All right. I'll see everybody next Tuesday. Pickle Pirate out. Hey, friends. Pickle Pirate here, owner of Pickle Pirate Publishing. Please check out our website, picklepiratepublishing.com. Tell all your friends about it and subscribe to both of our podcasts, Pickle Pirate Podcast and The Epic of Three. Please subscribe, give us a five-star rating, tell your friends, and let us know what you think in the comments, and review us, and send me an email with any questions or concerns, picklepirate at pickledpiratepublishing.com. Enjoy the show.